I met Osiris in Santa Barbara, California, in the summer of 2012. We had just been accepted to the same graduate program in Spanish language literature, and were excited at the idea that we'd soon be jumping into an unknown adventure together, partners in crime. Once classes started, we quickly became each other's immediate support group, pushing each other forward as the first symptoms of that nasty imposter syndrome began to scratch away at our confidence. We would attend seminars together, then go back to his place and debrief, exchange notes, finish our readings while one of us cooked Mexican food for the other. Sometimes we'd even have time for beers and a movie. He even managed to drag me out of bed a couple of times for an early morning jog on the beach. I particularly remember him panicking at my lack of discipline during every single finals week. However, my fondest memory of Osiris is from the last time we saw each other years after I left the graduate program. We last met up in Barcelona while he was attending the Latin American Studies Association Congress, and I was in town visiting friends. Things were not smooth between us when I left for France. They weren't rough, there was never a specific conflict, but they weren't as smooth as they once were. We met up at a small restaurant in Las Ramblas with other people from the Congress, but soon left for a bar I had found the night before at the Plaza del Rey. We spent the evening walking around the Gothic Quarter, a drink here, a drink there. We went through the obligatory list of updates on old friends and acquaintances, and the elephant slowly started to get acknowledged. As we made our way around the city, we finally decided to face it head-on, and walked into the first bar we found with the intention of putting an end to it. Okay, let's do this. What's going on? What is this? What do you have to say? What happened next was probably the most honest, efficient, and objective heart-to-heart -heart I've ever had. Everything came out, every category and subcategory, every argument and counter-argument, exhibits A through Z, everything. I don't know how long it took us, but at some point we both agreed that we had gotten everything off our chest. Everything that needed to be said had been said, each party's responsibility and interpretations looked at. That's it. We're good? All right, then. Now we can start the night. Salud. This is Rich Chocolatey Goodness. 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 No laughing, please. Rich Chocolatey Goodness. Rich Chocolatey Goodness. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, I think that's good. What's up, man? Just uh, it was a hard week. Just had some uh, some nice breakfast, so I'm feeling good. You know, it's a Saturday, I'm right here with my family. How was your day, by the way? Uh, pretty good. I work I work on Saturdays, but I work from home, so I work oh. at nine. I had my alarm set up at eight fifty, and I didn't wake up. And then I had the second alarm at nine, I was like, oh shit, I'm late for work, and I got up. And I made it to the kitchen at nine and thirty seconds, 
and I started working. <laughs> that's, that's quite a journey right there. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, but then I'm like I'm stuck in the computer till three p.m. and uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna spice things up. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> what kind of beer is that? <laughs> uh, it's a Fisher beer. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, hold on. So, what's up? You saw. I got confused because last time we were supposed to record, I had completely misunderstood. Did you? Did you see Pedro? You? you did you oh, go to yeah, Lassa? Man, that was that was so cool. Yeah. So I uh, I went uh, I went up to um, um, went up to Boston uh, for Lassa, you know, for the Congress. And um, I asked I asked Pedro, you know, months ago. Hey, man, can I stay in your place? You know, can over a couch and he's like yeah man super excited you know how nice he is and you know i was like i know he's super busy so i wasn't expecting much you know i'm probably just gonna sleep in his house and just do my own thing but we actually ended up like doing a lot of stuff together and it was it was like super fun catching up we had some beers man um he's super happy over there you know i met his well i i didn't i met his wife before maria but I didn't have the chance to actually hang out with her. She's super nice, you know. They have this cool dog, you know that um, that's obsessed with uh, with Pedro and humps his leg any chance uh, any chance he gets. Yeah, he hadn't told you that part. And it's pretty fucking hilarious because the morning is just humping his leg. That's that's the morning. So <laughs> so we get up, we made breakfast. <laughs> fucking dog. Uh, his name is Buckley. He's fucking lovely, man. So, yeah, I know he has an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, 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 he has an Instagram. He's fucking, he's fucking beautiful, but it's yeah, he has this problem. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, so yeah, man, we had we had a great time. You know, you know, we had some beers. I mean, Boston and Rhode Island uh, and Providence is just like beautiful city. You know, so it's um, it was pretty fun catching up with him, and I really missed that guy. You know, because I haven't seen him what in like three years since he left. Oh, since well, he left, you hadn't seen him. No, 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 ah. no, no, no. It's been a, it's been a while. So actually, when I, you know, I was, uh, I, so we were talking about you too. You know, we were. Uh, it's like, man, yeah, man, we had a great time in Barcelona. And he's like, man, is it cabron? You know, he was just, he, he was just so happy to use his Mexican Spanish. You know, <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm gonna say cabron, way, you know. And, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, he's doing great, man. And he's. I mean, he's. Uh, as you know, you know, he's super smart, and he was. He actually presented like this awesome uh, presentation on Einstein and literature, man. I was like, what the fuck, dude? So, so he. It was. It was pretty interesting, you know. And um, so yeah, and we had a bunch of fun, man. It was it was pretty cool. We had some cool beers. Well, Boston, you know, good they have good beers. So it, it was pretty cool, man, catching up with that guy. <laughs> yeah, he sent me his. Uh, I think he did his defense, not not the final defense, but I, I don't know all the fucking steps, like defending the project before he can completely move ahead with it or something like that. Oh yeah, that, yeah, he's he's a full. He did that two yeah. two two days ago, I think, and he. I was reading that earlier. His his uh this little speech he was going to give her his uh, thing. Uh-huh. By the way, I, f- I finally, I apologize, I finally read, like, today, that short story you wrote that you sent me. 
Oh man, so embarrassing. Why do you bring that up right now? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's uh, you know, as you know, you know, it took me a while. You know, I mean, you remember when you met me? You know, the, you you were like, you were very passionate about writing, man, and and I wanted, I didn't want to say it. You know, remember I denied all the time. You know that I wrote anything because I uh, I was really like self conscious about it. You know, I was like, man, this. You know, you're reading Rulfo, uh, Faulkner, you know, and Hemingway, and you and then you read your own shit and you're like, this is fucking trash. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I was like, so I was really surprised that you actually like showed us your work, you know, your poetry and, and your short stories. Does, do you mind if I tell this story? Because it's no, gonna no. be. Uh, otherwise, if people are listening, it makes no. Sense. We're talking about this. <laughs> what the fuck are these so guys I'll, talking about? Oh, go ahead. I'll oh, just yeah. make like the 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 summary, like the in elevator pitch for that, just so that the basics are it. there. You start off by saying, uh, like, I never kill on Sundays, right? Yes. And then uh, some guy is about to get married, but, like, some uh, bandido, some bad hombre <laughs> asks, him, <laughs> asks him to help him do something which he knows is going to be questionable. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get married. That's all I care about right now. But he does it because he can't say no to this very powerful person. And on the way, he's scared because he's certain that this guy is just going to use him and kill him. And then he decides to try and kill him preemptively. But does not succeed. And the other guy, who's a powerful guy, uh, says, like, how could you do that? What were you going to do this? And the other guy explains, I'm sorry, I thought you were going to do this to me. And he says, no, don't you know that I don't kill on Sundays? But now you've betrayed me and, you know, I'll get back to you. So he gets back gets married, etc., and life has gone on, he has a child, and he's still not dead. Right? Of course. Okay, and to I I think that's a good ending because you're left with an impending doom, like, oh, shit, this guy, like, it's not an end, it's still open. Like, he could die uh, next week or the week after, like, it could happen at any moment. He's only safe on Sundays. <laughs> Yeah, good. That's a good reading, man. We see, but I, I, I think you know. Uh, this is where imagination. This is, this is to me. This is the the meta literature, you know. Because now we have a story within a story, you know. And you said it in, in the best way possible. I, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even. I could even even explain it better myself. I think that he is a killer already, you know. By he attempted to kill the killer. So this guy is a powerful, rich, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, gun for hire, you know, from back in the twenties. Let's say that's, I guess, that's like the historical context, and you know, so he's in now that he imagined, you know, because he he imagined how he was gonna kill him, how he was gonna get away with it, and to a certain level, he gets. He becomes a killer just like the other. And that's why the, the killer, the actual killer, the bandito, the bad hombre. <laughs> the bad hombre is like, dude, you, I thought you were a good guy. How dare you? And how do, and, and this is this is this was big for me. I I wanted to go back to that idea of the honorable hitman. You know, the one that has a code, the one that doesn't kill women. That doesn't kill uh, on a Sunday. That is religious. That was that. That's the framing of the story. Because he's just not any killer. He doesn't really care about money. All he cares is, you know, he he has again his, you know, his killer code, 
and someone broke it but he you know he still lived up to it you know he's like okay you try to kill me but i i will never kill on sundays because it's whatever that means it could be religious it could be just that he doesn't work it's you know i, I leave that open but now that you say it you know now i like the ending <laughs> because you know i'm very you know i'm i have this construction in my head that the violence helps me understand that some some of the things you know so i i really wanted to be bloody at the end i, I and and lupita kept telling me no dude. and and and, Sa and Sarah Pot, she was like oh no why violence it's unnecessary you know leave it open like just like you said you know and i was like no but i hate that i i wanted to finish it but i <laughs> i guess it's open you know and he is a killer because I don't know if you understood. Um, the, um, I left the symbol, you know, because he's like, uh, at the end, you know, uh, he says that, um, Tengo, ahora siempre hay un lucero en mi cintura. Mm -hmm. There's always this light in my waist, which is a gun, you know. He went and get, you know, he got a gun, so now he's armed. And that's the rest of his life. So he's going to live in fear, like you said. He's, he knows that he's safe on Sundays, but... He is a killer. He's just waiting, you know. So it's it's a it's a story about transformation, you know. It's a story about it's psychological on that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think for my first attempt, I mean, I was, you know, I actually had felt comfortable to actually tell other people, and knowing that, you know, like you're super into it and you're a rigorous uh, reader, man. So I was like, no, this guy is is the guy to ask, you know, to to give me some feedback on it. Because I know it has, you know, it needs a lot of work. But I was like, man, Pedro has to, you know, because he's going to give me so much shit for all the, you know, for the cliches or whatever, <laughs> whatever, because I know there are some cliches there, you know, but I think that's part of the thing, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm just finding my voice. I wouldn't say there's cliches, but it's, uh, you could definitely hear a Rulfo uh, influence, but that's, that's nice. You can't, you can't not have an influence. I, no, no, I liked it. There was nothing I said like, ah, oh, shit's cliche. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it doesn't look at all like a first attempt, man. Uh, I did not know that was going to be my next question. Uh, it's pretty good. Thank you, man. I mean, I, it's just I know I know you're like a hard critic. I mean, I am too, you know. And, and we're always talking, you know, shit about other. Oh my god, I can't believe he published that. You know, and we're <laughs> always you laughing. She's wearing that to work. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, right? Because you know, because everything, you know, this is why we're critics. You know, this is why we, we're in this thing. You know, because not everything can be good, but it can be improved. And I think that fucking writers should really sometimes like really listen to us. You know, and like if no one's reading you or no one's like critiquing your work, well, that means something. You know that, and and I think we have to get back to that to actually reading your the criticism. You know, we have to get back to close readings. And because those really help the writers, I think those, those are very productive. And <clears throat> so I was like, you know, I, of course, you know, I've been, you know, Rulfo is like, uh, is everything to me, you know, I mean, Rulfo uh, was my undergrad. That's why I fell in love with literature, you know, because of Rulfo and his poetic voice, you know, he's, how can you, I mean, it's for me, it's hard, it's hard to really say that he's not even a poet, you know, he always denied that he was a poet, but to me, how can, you know, to me, the all his um, specters, you know, his um, his ghostly figures. To me, they're the most poetic uh, literary uh, characters of Mexican literature. You know, 
I think I was I think I was uh, really inspired by that extremely sad voice. That's of course that's real focus. That's you know that's I think that he's given me that you know and and no pre, you know no presumptions here to to be to call myself a writer. I just I just really enjoyed it, you know and I and I think I was happy for it. I, I was actually happy for it. So I, I was like, man, I'm gonna show this fucker. You know I'm gonna show Pedro and he he might get a kick out of it. And I remember when you like. Because, of course, that's how we are, you know, because, like, you send us something and we're going to read it, like, three months later. That's because that's how I am, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, when you told me that the first line, you know, um, it, it, it was captivating. So I was like, man, that's it. Because that the first line, nunca he matado en domingo. To me, that was everything, you know. To me, that was, like... It, that was the inspiration to write the whole short story. You know? Okay, I was going to ask you that. I started reading it, and I was like, I'm just going to skim over this. And then I saw the first, like, I was like, oh, shit, that's good. And then I said, like, okay, no, I need to give this time. I need to sit down and, and read it. And then that's why I never did it. And then I, today I was preparing, and I was reading. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is good. But that one line, like, every so often it came back uh, in my head during these three months. It's a very good... Uh, It's nice. What? How? Um, like, how did this happen? How did you write? Was it some sort of automatic thing? Did you get that phrase in your head? Did you think of a story? Like, how? What was? A, did you have an end and you wanted to get to it? How did it happen? I think you know. I'm I'm so I'm so obsessed with poetry. You know, uh, aesthetics and, and poetics to me is everything. You know, so I think that once you get a good grasp of You know that poetry is the like the mother of all literature, and to me, I was like, okay, how am I going to describe this character? How am I going to build this character from the first line? And just dropping the not, I don't know, not I don't know if you can call it a verse. I don't know if you know, but I think it was to me. It was like, how can I say this person could or could not kill? You know, that can take you maybe three lines or four lines or even a paragraph, a page. But I really wanted just to say the least, you know, just that's why I think it was. How can I make everything so uh, ambiguous, you know, to make it have multiple readings, if I, if that makes any sense. You know? And no fat. Yeah. Which is which is something that I think you did get. Because like uh, usually when I... I can be dry. Like, I, I, I want to sit down and write, and I could force myself, and bleh, nothing happens. But the stuff that I really like, it's usually somewhere, whatever's going on, one phrase will come into my head, and that's it. And even if I don't know the end, but that one phrase kind of pulls everything out, and I need to sit down and write that thing, and everything else kind of follows. And a lot of time, I don't know where it's going, or I have some sort of vague end point. But it's that one phrase that kind of works like a like a mantra or something. So that's why I was wondering because there's the people that write with a clear outline, clear story. So I was wondering, is that was it all just like that one phrase through everything, or did you have a story in mind? That the, the it was the phrase. I think we're similar in that sense because I had no idea actually the the ending. You know, I'm not even happy with the ending. I said you. I have another one. It has like three, uh, three more uh, alternative endings, because I was like, it, I didn't know where to go, and and I even told Lupita, you know, Lupita read this, you know, and she's like, no, no, this, 
she, it can't end like this because you know. But again, she was she's very driven by it has to be the good ending, and I hate good endings. You know, this is why that's that's why I fucking hate Disney. You know, and to me, I was like, no, no, this is this this is tragic, man. This is a guy who, you know, how can I? Someone that's so afraid to lose everything he has, the, the very few good things he has. You know, he's about to get married. And and some some guy can really fuck that up for him. And he's going to, you know, he's going to go all the way for, to, to not lose that. Yeah, this and <laughs> this has nothing to do, but this is what it made me think of. <laughs> so you could be happy <laughs> that it, it, it elicited uh, some deep down memories. Uh There was this one time in Tijuana. I was, uh, must have been 19 or 20. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty drunk at a party, like fun drunk. You know, everybody's messing around. You're, you're always a fun drunk. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, this one guy was falling down drunk, you know, and then, of course, every, That's me. everybody starts <laughs> messing with him, you know, like, uh, You know, like, we didn't get as far as drawing on his face because he was a pretty tough guy. <laughs> But as a joke, I took out, I took out his little, uh, his beanie, uh, not a beanie, uh, he had a hat, a beret. Not a beret. He had a hat. Oh, cool. Uh, I took it off and I was wearing it as a joke. Uh, look at me. Uh, and then I was drunk and I left with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then the next morning there was that hat in my house. Like, oh, well, it was from that time. You know, to me, that's the end of the story. Uh, then I found out that this guy was looking for me to kick my ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he, like he concentrated all the anger of that night. It was a shame, embarrassment, I don't know what. And he fixated on, like, that fucking asshole stole my hat. And I thought it was just going to die off. And then, like, this one friend we had in college, like, this dude was, like, like a like a tough punk guy <laughs> like probably yeah. knocked me down with one punch uh, <laughs> and uh like we had a friend in common and she's saying like oh yeah no you gotta be careful that guy that guy will knock you down <laughs> like she, she did nothing to, to to say like no i'll talk to him i'll say she's like no no you gotta watch yourself <laughs> and then i remember some party because uh, we weren't really in the same circle of friends but some parts overlapped And some party, yeah. like, like I don't know, man, like five months later. And he's there with some friends and he starts getting drunk and he starts trying to pick a fight. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I knew what he was talking about. but <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you stole my fucking hat. Like, what hat, dude? Like, I don't know you. What are you talking about? And, uh, you know, <laughs> I stand out like a sore thumb in uh, <laughs> in Mexico. Of course, so in I, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And then all, and but I mean, I denied it so much that even his friends were starting to doubt it. It's like, no, dude, you stole his hat. It's like, dude, I've never seen this guy in my life. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, dude, just come on, like, calm your friend down. Like, come on, man, we're all having a good time. And, uh, and he just kept going, kept going, and nothing happened at the end. But this made me think of that. Like, it's like, fuck. Like, if I ever go back to Tijuana, it's, like, the only thing I'm afraid of. Like, I'm going to be at a bar and this guy's going to show up 10 years later and punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see that's you, you know that's in your mind you, know, you do have it in the back of your mind and i earned it that i earned it that someone someone is gonna come back and fuck you dude you stole my favorite hat <laughs> no you're right he concentrated everything like he blamed you pretty much for everyone making fun of him you know it wasn't even you a were, good hat man you were the cherry you were the cherry you know like 
Oh, but I mean, that I mean that as a compliment because it brought back that feeling of dread when I was reading it. It's like, oh shit, I forgot somebody's <laughs> trying to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a horrible feeling, you know that. You know, it's it's playing with that idea of you got it coming for you. You know that very western. You know, like, do you deserve to die? Do you deserve a punch in your nose? You know, like <laughs> something like that. It's it's kind of like that, you know. It's it's uh, the circularity of life, you know. That okay, dude, I did this. I did this guy wrong. You took his hat, and you know he he might see you sometime. You know he might. What if you find him in Paris? You know what if he goes to Paris? And- <laughs> <laughs> let me let me implant some fear in you right now, dude. What if he's like, oh, I would love to see the Eiffel Tower. You know, he like, recognizes oh, me in the middle and, of the street. And, and of course, you're gonna be fucking tall ass Pedro by the street. Oh, it, there's a fucking guy. You know, I, I, I'm gonna have to take it because because uh, I was my wrong. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, so that's I guess that's the. That's something. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to put it, man. And I'm glad it brought that brought some memories back. You know? Thanks, buddy. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's he's over it. You know, like he probably thinks it's you know you know you get a hat and it's the stupidest thing you get. You know, it's like man, it, it, it's like a fedora. You know, you think it's really cool, but then you start noticing that everyone's wearing it. Or or you or it's just you just look so out of place because you're very unique. So I I, I don't, sometimes that gets to you. You know, like maybe I shouldn't wear. It. <laughs> I think I hope he's at the stage. You know, <laughs> so he doesn't punch you that hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think he cares yeah. anymore. Uh, I, I bet the hat. I think I'm pretty sure he, he like he still cares about beating me up, but <laughs> but not about the hat. <laughs> you would probably just be like, I know I'm supposed to kick that guy's ass, but I don't know why. But just to be safe. Or may- <laughs> yeah. Or you know what really made him mad? The fact that you were able to talk yourself, talk your way out of it. <laughs> that, that made him furious, you know? The way you kind of convinced his friends okay. to call me out. Gaslighting him. Like, what the hell, that, man? That's, and that's why, to me, that's fucking magical, you know? That's, <laughs> that, that's, that, to me, that's like, that's you. That's the definition of you, you know? Like, you will always find a way <laughs> to argue out of the thing, you know? Like, that's very you. That's what I remember. It's like, I can deal with the devil, man. He can really talk his way out of, talk his way out of things or, or get his way into things. You know, I'm like, that's very admirable, man. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, but then there's the but, stress of all the of all those hanging uh, unresolved <laughs> issues. Yeah, I mean, it's a curse. It's also a curse. Remember, I told you, dude, it's a curse, man. That, that silver tongue, man. It sometimes is a curse, you know, because we're procrastinators and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked ourselves, you know, like oh yeah, yeah. What could? Oh, this is great project. And you end up. With fucking three deadlines at the same time, you know, and, you, oh, man. and it's hell, you know. I just gave myself uh, well, a that, deadline. Uh, about what? What? What did you? <laughs> to uh, I decided that I need to write. I need to start writing my my dissertation at some point. <laughs> oh my god! I just I, you know what? Let's let's talk about this. This is this is good. I'm, I I I had a horrible week regarding that because. Um, uh, my committee is asking me for seventy five percent of the whole of the dissertation by at the end of summer, and I'm like, you know what? The fact that they told me 
that a certain date that just like you don't know the anxiety man like i wanted to run out of there and just pretend that i or i don't know or like pretend that i was gonna pass out or something you know <laughs> <laughs> like i was medically ill or something just to make just to fake that i didn't get that deadline you know that i didn't agree to that but you know it's uh i think that's the hardest part even because deep down man i mean we don't want to admit it but you know, we're fucking eternal fucking nerds, man. And we want to be in school as much as we can. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I want to get on and, and do other things. You know, I actually want to make money, you know, <laughs> make a living, <laughs> you know. So, and I love, you know, I love going to conferences, man. That's, I mean, academia for me, man, that's what I love, you know, just going to conferences presenting my work you know feeling nervous you know like oh man is this shit is this gonna work is this just boring or are they gonna attack me is like that one asshole gonna ask me like the most uncomfortable question and just gonna like throw away my research you know and that's to me that's a great feeling you know and i if i if it was up to me man i would be in conferences every fucking week you know and the, but that, that's what they told me you know dude you gotta relax you gotta start writing man you gotta fucking sit down and write and i have a chapter man and you know and and there's this feeling that i should do it but other projects come along and so i totally understand you man so it's especially the, the hardest part is starting man you know and but deep down there's this thing that no i want to be a student i want to continue to be that graduate student you know, and we're 35 now. Are you 35 now? The, you... the 34. 34? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're still 34. Yeah, I'm still, yeah. <laughs> you might cut. Don't fucking lie to me, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm 34, man. I'm going to be 35 in September. And the, the gray hairs are coming along, man. And, and I, you know, like, <laughs> my students are calling me sir now. So... <laughs> So it's about fucking time that I get out of there. So they can actually call me sir, but with the salary like that, you know? Yeah. Wait, so... <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, so I've yeah. seen you've been doing a lot of projects, and I thought this was part of it, So because this is what I wanted. You've been doing a lot of stuff about uh, poetry in uh, indigenous languages in Mexico. Is yeah. that not your yeah, dissertation? <laughs> it is. It is my okay. dissertation. No, it is. That's the problem, you know, because... You know, all along, you know, I mean, I became a, a candidate what more, more than two years ago, you know, and they were like, oh, man, so proud of me. You know, man, you know, he he organized the first indigenous conference in at the UC system, you know, and oh, my God, it was international. But, you know, and no one pressured me. No one ever asked me, oh, how's the chapter going? You know, no. And then, you know, I, 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 another conference came along about translation, which is still related to my, to my research, you know. And so everything I present is on my topic. I'm always on topic, you know. And I have so many writings that, seriously, I just have to sit down and just articulate, like, the, like uh, at least two chapters, you know. But, I'm, you know, there's a, this idea, and I, I, and I think you're suffering because, and I know you are. This is what you're thinking, that you have to write the best fucking. Chapter. Not anymore. It has to be not anymore. This is this is why why <laughs> no? this is why I was able to tell myself you're gonna write a chapter by the end of September, uh, because since in my head I've kind of left academia, and I I I, I thought like yeah. all right, so 
all I need to do is pass the bare minimum requirements. Uh, nothing bad is going to happen if I don't do it right. The only thing that matters is that I'm proud of it. So I just need to do the bare minimum. <laughs> and then the bare oh, minimum dude, is right. better than nothing. <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> fix it afterwards. And that, and that, that has kind of, you know, I'm saying this now, I still haven't started uh, writing, but, but it's a lot less stress oh, that, than what that, the way you you're used to seeing me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, uh, I'm thinking, you know, like we, cause you know, I'm, like I said, I'm very hard on myself and I'm like, I don't want to turn in a shit chapter, you know, I want to turn in something that, Oh man, it's just actually pretty, very publishable. You know, I want to, you know, I want to rock their world, you know, cause it's, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a topic that it's been, you know, it's been examined, but not, not in, you know, it's very superficial. You know, I think it's, there, some aspects have been like, have it looked into and it's great. But some some aspects are like really just suspended there, you know, and and that's my thing. I want to come in and actually uh, explore the what is what is it to be an indigenous person and write and what are you really writing? You know, I want to get to the to the bottom of like what it is. Are you are you are you thinking in your in your mother tongue? Uh, what what is this aesthetics? What who are you speaking to? You know, that's I think that's my guiding question. Who is the indigenous uh, indigenous uh, writer speaking to? Is it to 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 indigenous people or or the the general the general public? You know, so and I want I I I'm always like, oh man, this has to be great. You know, this has to be. You know, I put so much pressure on myself. And then I end up like writing, you know, well, you know, you remember that. I always admire that you were like a super fast uh, writer. You like, you did papers in a night. Yeah, and, but, the, you know, I'm not. Yeah, but that would be like a <laughs> fucking 20 hours of torture. <laughs> I remember, man, I was like, it was like, it was, you look pretty bad afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but. You know, and I'm, I'm. A, first of all, I'm, I'm a chicken pecker. Remember how I type, like, like I'm, like I was born in the seventies. Yeah, that's you know? the smart way to do it. <laughs> like I was born pre-computers, you know. Like, so I'm like the worst fucking millennial. Are we millennials, dude? Are we millennials? Are uh, we? I definitely feel like one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have a house. <laughs> We're not making money, so we are millennials. <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so I'm typing, you know, like it takes me, you know, so I have all these work, all these things, all these fucking little obsessions working against me. So until a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, dude, fuck this. I kind of started thinking like you, you know, I'm like, no, this just has to be practical. And everyone told me, dude, what are you doing? Why are you just fucking give them something, you know, just just something that it's that works for you and then you can go back and fix it. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, man. So after walking out of that um, that meeting, I was like, you know what? Uh, dude, fuck, let's do this, man. I'm going like, to write two chapters by the end of summer, man. And like I said, I have all this material, but is this thing that I think deep down, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a gambler, you know? I, you know, deep down, 
I want to, you know, they want to lose, you know, <laughs> deep down, they want to lose. And the grad student, the grad student is like, deep down, I don't, I want to be a grad student forever. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> so I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm getting some help. <laughs> I'm, I want to, I want to work my problem, you know, and I just really seriously, man, I'm, I'm glad you're thinking that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we actually, t- uh, like we're speaking on the subject because it's like, dude, we gotta get out of here, man. We gotta, we gotta finish that dissertation. Well, I mean, I'm out. I'm just, I'm just like the fucking idiot that I decided not to stay in academia, but I'm still gonna do the PhD for fun. <laughs> that's pretty for fun, fun though. That's a, that's a lot. And of all the possible <laughs> financial benefits that come with it. <laughs> No, man, no, but I'm pretty sure you got pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty ambitious things lined up, man. Like I said, man, you have a, you have a deal with the devil, man, <laughs> and, and it's always gonna work out for Pedro. Man. Oh God, I hope so, it. dude. Dude, I don't think I think I think you know when I when you left, man, I was like I was pretty fucking sad, you know. I was like fucking Pedro, man, it's the only person I can share memes with, <laughs> and I was like, shit, and this motherfucker leaves, you know, and. And I, but I knew, I knew you're like, I'm, I'm fucking done with academia. I remember how you said, dude, I'm fucking done. I'm fucking done with this shit. And then when, when I see you, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing a piece. I'm like, I knew it, motherfucker. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it because deep down, you're, you're such a, you're such a nerd, man. And you have so much fucking love for literature. I mean, how can you, how can you not be, how can you work? How can you not? How can you stay away from Cortázar? That's the thing. It's just know, trying to find you, out the way you, to be able to match that obsession with, in terms of time and productivity, so that it's just not. If it's such a big part of my life, I need to be able to make it, uh, you know, to help me out in life. But then yeah. the idea of staying and looking for a job as a teacher—I uh, don't know. I, I, I think I'm out. Oh man, I think you know. I I I take that silence <laughs> as you know. <laughs> I'm reading your silence right now, and it's like I think it's just like you don't want to go through that, but you can. You know, you and and I think you would rock it again because of your fucking silver tongue, <laughs> and you have and you have this mean you have everything, man. I mean, I think ultimately that you will find that space that opportunity to continue your work your obsession with Cortázar I mean because more than ever man I mean I think we have to do some different readings of Cortázar man I mean people have been you know in in this the in the times in the current times in the even the political climate you know there are some very harsh readings of Cortázar you know like oh you know the the male gaze and all that but I think we can do other readings. And I think that your project, when you told me in Barcelona, you know, and we were, I mean, we were super drunk. And, but we're always nerds, you know, regardless, even if we're like falling fucking shit face. And I understood. I was like, man, Cortázar, El Fotógrafo, that's, that's great. And, you know, and you're right. It's full of symbols. It's full of messages, man. You know, todos sus gatitos, sus ángulos. You know? Yeah. I... It's like, it's super cool, man. I think you should really... Not, I, I think you should make a compromise. I'm gonna, my compromise is I'm gonna do something that is publishable so that all Cortazar fans can enjoy it. 
that's that's my that's my goal but you gotta you know don't, don't close the door i think you shouldn't close the door you know like i think you should okay so you're gonna publish something really cool for cortaza lovers you know and and then you know like dude like don't you like I, i'm you know you gotta go to conference now dude that's gonna make you people are gonna invite you like oh dude Let's bring Pedro Escobar. Look at even your last name, Pedro Escobar. It opens doors. You know, <laughs> el, el el nuevo libro sobre Cortázar de Pedro Escobar. No, so dude, it's like I think I think you shouldn't close the door, man. I, and I don't think you are. You know, uh, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave like a little shoe on the door. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, just in case. But wait, I I need to. Um... Because I don't know exactly what your what your project is. I just kind of know. Because it wasn't really formed when I left. So, like, what is it? Yeah, Elevator no, no, pitch. No. What? Elevator pitch, man. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I wish I had a beer with me. <laughs> okay. So, what I'm looking at is all the, the um, let's say, the dimensions of, of the, like I said, the writer. What is an indigenous writer? You know, because we get these exotic ideas, you know, like we get, okay, so it's someone that writes in Nahuatl or in Maya or in Otomi, you know, in Yaki. So what? You know, is it just unique? Do I have to read you because you write in a silence language? Is, is, it, is it just that? Is it just political? You know, I'm, I'm going beyond that. I think we have to look at all the dimensions. You know, it's, it's, it's admirable because, you know, you have a person that has this literary interest But doesn't have sometimes in some cases it you know that person that can't even write in his or her language uh, because there's no alphabet. So the person decides to create an alphabet and write a grammar book, you know. And and to, in order to do that, you have to become a linguist. You have to become an ethnographer that is going to go around in an area where maybe three variants, three dialects. Of the same language are spoken. Wait, you need to. I, you lost me there. So there's uh, people that because they all they only knew their language orally. So there's different grammars that were created, like written down grammars, or totally, totally. Well, some some that's the thing, Pedro. I mean, some languages don't have an alphabet. Some some don't have the writing. You know the, you know they haven't. A, and it's not only that. Let's say that okay, so Zapotec which has like, I don't know, 15, 20 variants, right? And it's spoken in Puebla, mostly in Oaxaca. So, you know, how are you going to come up with a gra uh, with the grammar if people don't agree that the same word means the same thing and how you're going to represent that in a in writing, you know? It's, it's so political on a community level, in a state level, And it's it's like a fight, you know, just to even let's you want to be a poet, but you can't even you need to find you need to fight all this all these limitations just to write. You know, and I and I met like this this Mazatec poet man that they actually you know absolutely did that from scratch. You know, he went down to every community, asked everyone, recorded the sounds, you know, registered the different um lexical differentiations you know and he started he actually started 
writing, you know, in that language, and 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 because there's it's all oral, you know. So the literature, this is a contradiction, you know, to say oral literature. I know that it's you know it's weird, but there's this compendium of oral literature all across Mexico, man. That we just haven't even, you know, anthropologists have kind of looked into it, you know, but they look at it as a, oh, you know, it's oral tradition. It's just about telling a story, the past. But it's not that. There are literary forms that that are that are still alive, man, and, and techniques and different genres, you know. So part of the study here is like, okay, do we call it, do we read it through Western tools, you know, through Western theory, or do we make a compromise? And I'm all about making a compromise, you know, because some of the expressions are obviously very, you know, very close to... Um, the, the the forms of from 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 the west so that's that's one part you know so just looking at that writers that don't even have an alphabet to write then the ones that are doing um workshops you know all around mexico you know just to get other writers to begin writing to begin publishing their works doing self self-publishing you know so it's very um collective but the collective makes it so powerful because we're going back to that idea, the, the pure sense of community, you know, the, the idea that one represents all, you know, the one represents uh, many voices. So it's not your voice. You're speaking for a lot of people. So then it becomes political, you know, because then you're asking the government, the Mexican government, well, you know, can you tend to these needs? You know, we, uh, we need to make a, an alphabet. We need to come up with a way to publish it. So then it becomes a law, you know? So it's so political. So to be an indigenous writer, you become this uh, this linguist, philologist, writer, and anthropologist. It's just, uh, to me, and I'm trying, what I'm doing in my dissertation is I'm trying to look all these different dimensions. You, can you, do you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think I like the, the what you were saying earlier, because I, that was one of the main questions I had is who are they writing for? Because yeah. if, if people are, if other people that speak the language are not used to reading it, um, like is, is the ultimate goal just to give visibility or is it because like they want the new generation to learn to read uh, in that Romanized uh, alphabet? Like what what's the... <laughs> Totally, that's the most, that's the strongest question, and and that, that's the question that I'm that I'm glad that I can that I can actually um, try to answer, you know. And I think I don't have the full answer because I don't think no one has it, or you're not, or people don't agree. I think that uh, the critics are so divided, you know. Throughout this last two years, man, I met people that are like, no, the indigenous writer is speaking to his community, to his linguistic community. And I'm like, no, dude, why? And they're saying, well, the fact that it's bilingual literature, everything has to be published bilingual, by the way. I'm sorry we didn't even mention that. Okay. Uh, so that's, you know, people are saying, well, it's, why do why does the indigenous writer have, uh, why does it, you know, why do they have to self-translate their work in order to be published? That's how you can get the fellowships, the scholar, you know, this uh, the grants. And well, 
you know, is that is that a disadvantage or is that like a, a double task? So that's actually a question, you know, that the criticism has been looking into. So I say that, dude, look at how long it took. This is just an example. And you're going to remember this. How long did it did it take Spain to actually, you know, get the writing form and for people to read, you know, like how, how, how many people were able to read El Quijote, you know, and what in that in Cervantes is uh, Spanish was not the Spanish that everyone spoke. You know, people had a hard time internalizing uh, writing or even being able to internalize how to think from 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 a, from a book from 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 the technology of writing, you know. Because it, it was until the 19th century, and this is why it, the 19th century is so important for any 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 literature, any any in, in worldwide. Because it was until the 19th century that we actually internalize how to write and express everything that we want, and to understand reading. You know, do you remember as a child how hard it was for you to understand that a symbol has to be processed into a sound? Okay, that's one level, but what about what does it mean to you internally, psychologically, and on a cognitive level? You know, like it's so profound, man. And that can take a, a century. It can take I don't know. Like I said, my example is like for for Spain, it took centuries for people to to read. That's why older tradition was still important in the 17th century. That's why we had the juglares. You know, we had the oral poets. <laughs> that's why they were still relevant because. People were not reading it. We, and the readers, you know, that don't read literature. So think about historically for indigenous peoples. Why even read? You know, why even read something? I'm like, well, I never actually read my language. Of, does it, how hard is it to internalize it, you know? So there's so many levels to that, you know. Do you, you know... I think that people read more in the Spanish and in between indigenous cultures, you know, like, because you can't read the Mayan, can't read the Nahuatl and vice versa, you know? So you, the common language here is Spanish, you know, it's, it's the, it's the bridge language, you know, cause sometimes I, I, I hate when, when people just categorize uh, indigenous literature as a resistance literature and as a way of uh, just uh, like you say, to, to, to bring visibility, it's more than that, you know. It's it's really cool that that's the the way we get the attention, you know. But you know, it's uh, you know, people, it you know, this process of admiring and 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 um, reinvigorating the culture, it has to come both ways. You need to know what your culture is worth, you know. You need to know what what you don't understand about you. No one understands everything. I don't understand everything about my culture. Uh, do you understand everything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure which which one I am part of. Exactly. <laughs> I have a, I have a I don't, I don't want to talk shit about anybody, but no, 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 but no, it's just as a rule, I don't want to use this thing to make fun of it. So you will remember the conversation, but I won't mention names. But uh-huh. um, there's a time when we were talking after a conference. Uh, and you mentioned, you or somebody else mentioned that, I think it was in, in the Mayan language, that 
the pulse uh, or the wrist is called, no, the pulse is called the heart of the wrist. Was that it? Um, Does that ring a bell? It's been a long time and I don't remember the, I don't even remember the conversation. Um, I don't know. Just, well, let's just imagine that's it. Okay. <laughs> that okay. The word, let's just imagine that the word in uh, Nahuatl for uh, the pulse uh-huh. uh, is the heart on your wrist. And uh, uh-huh. somebody there who was studying linguistics said, oh, that's beautiful. It's so poetic. And I got annoyed, mostly because I didn't like the person. But I was like, <laughs> like, like, come on, man, you study linguistics. Uh-huh. Like, you shouldn't. That, like, uh, that's a mistake that we literature people could make. But as a linguistics uh, uh, student, like, how can you say that something like that is poetic when you are hearing it in translation? Like, it is outside of its worldview outside of its uh, cultural matrix i don't know what you want to call it you know like if instead of if instead of having said um because i didn't find that at all poetic i just found it very pragmatic like oh we don't have it we're not going to make up an extra word so it's like it's that one thing but over here if instead of having said now we had said like oh well in german the thing on the wrist is called the <laughs> the heart on the wrist <laughs> nobody would ever say like oh that's so poetic it would be like oh that's so pragmatic that's so uh, <laughs> it's so german so do yeah. you ever find that there's like an extra like <clears throat> th- that must be a big danger with these translations the exoticism of playing with the the good savage idea like oh they're so connected oh, yeah. to nature or whatever totally totally you know and um this is why i i had to like really like read up on, on translation and this is why i became like so interested you know because it's you know you have to be so careful because you know we we are in a in a very romantic you know space you know that that like you say the 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 the, the, the good savage discourse is always it's still present right and to to be able to translate into or how do you even how do you even react to such translation you know and i always say that they say well that's beautiful you know oh man like that's it sounds really poetic or it's not the same if it's not in the indigenous language you know to me it's like well you know that's like you know, or, or comments. So some people even say, well, now that's in English. It's not as poetic. Well, I'm like, that's like saying that English is, that's like the, I, you know, it's like, what? What are you saying? You're saying that the English language is not poetic? It's not that the language is poetic. It's the poet that makes the new meaning of language. You know, it's what we, what the poet makes of language, you know, the different uses of language. And to me, uh, it's always we're always we're we're always talking about that, you know, and with different colleagues, and they're like, man, you know, it's always romanticized, and it's and people are always looking at the literal, a very, a very like crude translation that it's gonna create, uh, like you say, like exoticism, you know, like this uh, the the concept of uh, of love, you know, in Zapotec. It's you know what it is. It's kind of like a rough translation. Is is like uh, to people that share uh, sweetness, people that you know like uh, to share honey, something like that. Wow, you know it's a nice. be- it's it's a beautiful image. It is you know because we are like, and I'm like, 
And you see, how can you even translate that? That's just so beautiful. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm always, you know, like, I'm always like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, you speak English, right? Okay. <laughs> how do you say this? To fall in love. And I'm like, you're saying that falling in love is not poetic? Look at look at the imagery behind that. You know, look at to fall. It's like falling into an abyss. You know, it's like, it's a trap. It's so poetic. It has so many meanings. Look at the expression. To Why is it to fall in love? You know, it's, it's como una trampa. It's, it's, it's like, you know, why are you falling into, it's like going into one space into another, you know? And I'm like, you're saying that's not poetic? Are you kidding me? But uh, getting back to the subject, you know, it's like, as you know, I only studied Nahuatl. And they're producing literature in at least 30 languages, you know? How are you going to do close Wait, reading? 30, 30 variations of Nahuatl? Or what no, no, uh, 30 different languages. And that that includes a way. That's a good question. So Nahuatl, you have at least three variants that are being published, you know? And some of these, uh, some of these poets, I think the most interesting ones, are the ones that are going into ceremonial practices and trying to emulate not only the tone, but the purpose of the language. You know, like like the doctors in the Mazatec tradition, you know, they're talking about having a, what would you call it? Um, you got to have a hearing with the gods. So you go to a metaf meta metaphysical space and you have to you hearing you know you have to fight for the patient and you can only get there by the possibilities of language you know so you have to evoke all these figures you know all this so you, language is the only way that you can enter that um ese lugar sagrado that sacred space you know so here we're talking about penetrating a different matrix you know going beyond the the human going beyond flesh and talking you know and, and negotiating with the gods i think i just you know it gives me chills i don't know about you but that sounds pretty fucking cool i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean that's it it comes with i i don't get it like you because you've been studying now but but i understand uh on just on a cerebral point because that's that's what happens when you learn a new language if you pay attention like you're learning a new way of thinking so so when you go to, to something so distant yeah it's an entirely different uh, cosmology that's that's part of my why I was so excited about moving to Asia like when I wanted to go to Korea or Japan because I wanted to I wanted to learn to think in a different way you know like relearn the world through some so so I I can Kind of see it, but not the way you do because you've you've been doing. How how is your now? Are you conversational I now? Or? Oh no no no! <laughs> it's just, you know I, I it's so it's like I I get so mad because I when you met me you know I was all about classical now from the 16th century for for all those documents you know and I spent all like you know like 10 years of my life studying that. And now all the stuff that I'm reading, it's contemporary. You know, it's actually from different variants, from Veracruz, from Puebla. So it's it's there's a there's a big difference. You know, I, I mean, I can follow it, but I still don't feel comfortable. Uh, it's like, like if you showed up in the U.S. talking like Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. So, 
that's a good way to put it. You know? But I think that it was very useful, you know? And now I'm, like, trying to catch up with what's going on. But I don't have the time, you know? don't. I wish I had someone to speak, you know, or to ask questions or... You know, because it's so hard when you don't practice it. Can you explain what the language is? Because I imagine a lot of people don't know uh, what Nahuatl is. Nahuatl, Nahuatl belongs to the the largest uh, member. The there's ten ten branches, ten family ten families and linguistic families in Mexico, and Nahuatl belongs to the Yotonawa uh, family, and it has at least. I want to say, if I'm not wrong, it has at least 17 variants. And people are usually, and this is, and we have to clarify because when we think of Nahuatl, we think of the Aztecs. And the Aztecs were more of a government, were more of a, an era of the Nahuatl empire. It was actually the empire, right? So we have to clarify that, that it's not, you cannot call people the Aztecs. The Aztecs are speaking, you know, well, you know, in a way they are, you know, through the, through heritage, but it's, uh, and it's spoken mostly in central Mexico. That's a good question, man. You're very, you know, this is this this conversation is very. I like your notes. Okay, <laughs> now can you can you go ahead and explain to the listeners where the word avocado comes from? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <Can this> be, <laughs> Whoa! Why are you throwing this <laughs> such words, man? <laughs> this is big, man. <laughs> Since we're talking about cow. millennials and whatnot. <laughs> do people know in Paris? Do people know when? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they sell it here extremely expensive and not that good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anytime you hear a word, mole, mole, it means the soup, the the paste of the avocado. Yeah, I know mole. Mole is like sauce. That's why we eat the mole. Sauce. Yeah, that's why. So, so waka mole is the sauce of the avocado, which is delicious. And then, and then, uh, aguacate itself means testicles. <laughs> that's what I, what I wanted you to get at. Because <laughs> when they're hanging from the tree, they look like two giant testicles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just that. Uh, oh my god! What people to think about that when they <laughs> ask on, for this, this was supposed to be a serious conversation, Pedro. Come an on, avocado spread. <laughs> 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 Come on, man! I, I want to enjoy my food, man. I want to enjoy my food. Stop, dude. <laughs> yeah. So that's. I mean, that's it, man. And I, I wish I, you know, like, uh, I, I, I'm pretty good. I'm. I, I'm. I like that you actually made the the elevator pitch question you know and it's as you can see it's super hard it's a long elevator but I was able, you know it's it's been a really long elevator but it's you know i think it's it's a process man because you know people ask you and you're like you panic yeah you're like oh my god oh my god you didn't know that i don't know but, shit. but first i gotta you tell know? you that be, like before that but but you know at the same time uh like like in the other continent uh yeah, 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 and I and I think you know it's uh it's it's a process and and you know that's why you just have to keep at it, man. And once you start writing, and once you're done with the first chapter, man, and this is this is where you're gonna be like, it just it just opens up. Your whole topic is like, okay, okay, I understand what it is now. Okay, I I, I kind of I get what I'm doing. You know, I you know you're gonna get lazy. 
you know, because you, you're going to be like, oh, shit, I have to, like, really do this again, you know, another 50, whatever you do, 40. Don't, don't, don't write a lot, man. Don't do that. Don't, don't right. write a 250. <laughs> don't, don't write worry. a 250 page. No one's going to read it. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just write something that is going to make, make sense to you, like you say. And then after that, man, it's like, oh, I get it. This is what I'm doing. Cause you don't even know, you know, you really, you really don't know. Cause you have your proposal and whatever and you're, your advisor is going to be like, yeah, that's great, man. Like, and, and they know, they know that you don't really know. But it can, it can, this is, this, these are the kind of words, these are the kind of conversations that you really have to have. I think we have to let go of all this bullshit that we don't want to acknowledge that, you know, you have an imposter syndrome or that you're really confused or you don't, you know, you're having a hard time working, you know, like getting your ideas on paper. That's, that's completely legitimate, you know, and people have to acknowledge that because, I think it, we would be way more productive if we, if we were, like, honest about it, you know? Like, you know yeah, what? instead of, like, is everything going all right? Yeah, 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 perfect, perfect. Because <laughs> you're afraid they're going to kick you out instead of just, like, if you say what's wrong, somebody's going to give you some nice words of wisdom and tell you, like, listen, man, uh, we're all going to die, so it's pointless. So... <laughs> So don't worry, just write it. Like, oh yeah, you're right. All right. <laughs> yeah, acknowledge your mortality, man. Seriously, like, I, I swear, it's like to me, I, you know, I, I really regret that <clears throat> when you were here, man. I was so obsessed with like, you know, trying to like better myself. You know, I was like super like reading fucking a book a day and like a you know like a the biggest nerd ever, and I missed out on so many things. You know, you guys were out there having fun and stuff. You know, and and but you know in it was it was that you know it was that was killing me you know it's like man i want you know i want to prove that i know my thing you know i just don't know how to explain it man you know uh you know I, it's obviously you know like remember someone i think um you know he's osiris you know you're all here because you're you you know something i don't think you know just don't think don't think you're too special you know <laughs> <laughs> you're special but you're not too special yeah it's a nice and balance he was really cool about that you know yeah, of course, that's all. Not with culture. But, but there was, because he wasn't, well, no, not gonna, we'll talk about professors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Just had some, like, Vietnam flashbacks, right? <laughs> I know, man. I know, man. I know. It's it's hard. You know, that's, I think I healed, man. I think I healed. I healed, man. I think, I think since I've been, I've been here, I've been healing, you know, I went to therapy, you know. <laughs> When every time I <laughs> no, I, it was hard, man. It was it was definitely hard, but you know what? I think that I really got over that, and and the relations became, you know, our interaction became way better with other, like, you know, I, you know, I, I was I, I was pretty lucky, you know. I think I never really saw some rough edges with anyone, but I think when I acknowledged and I got my shit together, like, okay, dude, you know, you gotta stop, you, you know, you you know your day. Be confident, man. Start doing your own thing. And everything cleared up. You know, everything was like, like my, you know, I became friends with the most unexpected ones. You know, the ones that I'm like, man, I can't believe he, he gave me an A minus. You know, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and and, and we be, now we're having beers, you know. I'm having beers with those people, you know, and, and it's so cool. But you, you will get over it, man. I'm, there's a cure, man. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm all right now. It's just like that that moment, uh, but 
Yeah, no, there they are again. This is like this is killing you like your mojo, man. Seriously, this is killing like it's yeah. like killing the momentum of the interview, man. Stop. I was I was on I was on a roll and then uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude, you were like throwing like It's like, hey, why don't you talk about your divorce? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, no, man, stop. All right, let's not talk about that. But anyways, man, it's been, you know, I think I, I got a good thing going on, but I it, it, I have to finish. So you should think like that too, man. You, just, you know, keep your book out and whatever. I'm, you know, come on. You got to talk about yourself. What do you got going on? Come on. Now, can I interview you? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. Man. So, okay. So what's next for Pedro? <laughs> what's uh, beyond academia? <laughs> So here's what happened. So I've got a yeah. bunch of like really, really imagine like like I'm making like a very good cake, take a lot of care of it. Yeah. It's very you know, it's like delicious, it's got all this like I can't make basic cakes. It's not in my nature. So <laughs> I decorated and I was like, Oh, what if I put that oh I'm gonna put a second floor on this cake? And I do, but then I think of another cake and then I find myself juggling five very delicate cakes. <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> what? And, uh, and it is fucking stressful because of that. So at one point I said uh I I kept thinking you remember I had those adventures in Portugal and there was two people <laughs> two people that were wait, teaching wait, me Wait, okay, we got to say what kind of adventures when like you survive in the streets. <laughs> well, I didn't For survive. How long? That was For how long? <laughs> I didn't survive. I was just having fun with uh, with squatters on the street for a while. It was <laughs> that was <laughs> they took me in. Yeah, but but there's two different people that were teaching me how to juggle. One guy was German, <laughs> the other guy was from Argentina. And the German guy, he was telling me like, "Look, it's very easy. You just have to imagine like this rectangle, and you throw one ball exactly to that corner up there, and then when it exactly when it touches the corner." That's when you throw the other ball directly to the opposite corner. And, and that's how he said it. And then uh, the Argentinian guy was telling me, like, oh, no, no, like, you, you got to do it the French way where you throw it up really high and you make this movement that makes it look elegant. And people don't realize that it's just you're throwing it higher up and that gives you more <laughs> time to react. And that, that thing stuck in my head. It was like, all right, I'm going to juggle the French way where I'm just going to throw things really high up. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives you more time to work with the other ones <laughs> yeah. and uh so that's kind of the way it is uh for now i left all the school stuff completely abandoned for like six months and i was never really super involved because uh i couldn't i was working i had like a bunch of half-time jobs part-time jobs and uh and and just not having a a, a clear schedule really fucks with your head You know, yeah. like it's one thing if you, if you have three part-time jobs and it's always the same, but if it's always changing, like it makes it very hard to just set up a study time or whatever. Uh, at one point I had set up like the entire, entire Thursday was to be spent at the library, the Sorbonne in the, in the PhD students, tiny room with all these old desks, you know, beautiful, beautiful yeah. and romantic. I'd go out after all day and I'd watch a movie at this movie theater next door to the place old movies from the 60s. Those oh. are like fucking beautiful Parisian. Like the, the thing I imagined when I was a young person thinking about Paris and literature and all that, which is not really my life day to day. But it was nice to have that once a week. 
But then, uh, you know, I was getting fucking fed up with getting shitty teaching jobs and uh, and throughout the course of the podcast, you you'll hear uh, how it happened. But I ended up working. <laughs> I've ended up working at a tech company. Uh, uh-huh. Just completely something I never ever thought was gonna <laughs> was gonna <laughs> was gonna happen. Uh, at the bottom, I have pretty much the lowest possible job within the structure. Uh, but you know, like I, I said, like all right, I'm kind of like a lot older than the average age. Um, the company is super fun because uh-huh. uh, it's a tech company. You know, they make life easy. Fun, happy hours, drinks at work, breakfast, everybody together on Fridays. It's it's, it's really fun. So even oh, though, man. yeah, so even though it's like a shitty position, uh, I'm super relaxed. When I finish work, that's it. Work is finished. You know, there's no things about grading papers, preparing lessons for the day after. You know, none of that stress that you get so used to having that you don't even realize it's there. Yeah. And I got to know that feeling of like, Friday at 5 p.m. Hey, that's it. This day belongs to me. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so that's so that's nice. And uh, and then uh, last month I signed a permanent contract with them, which was a pretty fucking wow. Cool. No, that's huge. That's yeah. Huge I mean, for, permanent for contract. In, what, yeah. Is that the thing? Yeah, that's that's like you're officially French, right? Kind of. It's <laughs> that apparent. Apparently, it's hard. Like I came home and I told uh, I told Elise, <laughs> and, and she was like all excited. I was like, "What did I?" Uh... She was yeah. like, "Now you're a peer." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. And uh, so I, I mean, I, I, I put a lot of effort into it, um, both learning everything and uh, and socially. Because I yeah. saw it like, uh, like okay, if I'm really going to, I was in this weird spot, you know, like, shit, if I'm not going to do this academia thing or if I'm not sure, because let's say even, let's say that I did want to do it. I still don't have financing, so I still have to work. Yeah. Every day that I'm not at the lab, uh, they call them labs here, that I'm not there at the department, uh, going to conferences and all that stuff, it's one day less that I lose in connections and all that stuff. So, like, yeah. realistically, if I finish this thing in five years, it's like I'm starting from zero. So, it's like I need to do something else. And that's when I was like, all right, these are all the different cakes. I'm, <laughs> I started baking. <laughs> like, all right, hmm, maybe I can become a professional photographer. Well, I need money for that equipment. <laughs> and like, you know, <laughs> that became one thing. And then, uh, like, oh, this podcast will be a fun thing to work with friends. That became another another cake uh I, I need to keep writing my own stuff that became another thing uh yeah what am i gonna read some of that man you gotta send that some you gotta send that my way i have i have like a pdf like a like a yeah i have some like a like a draft i can send it to you yeah yeah uh you'll recognize some characters because there's a like because <laughs> i talked no, no, not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Oh, okay, all right, all right. No, because I, I, I talk to not often, but like every so often, I send, a, I send an email to Sada and to Jill. Oh, they, 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 they always, you know, they're always talking about you. They're like, they're sweethearts, man. They're... Yeah, they're, they're the, the heart of the department, man. Yeah. So, so you know, there's a little bit of that in there. And uh, yeah, so these six months, I, I, I went like full Japanese and I said like, all right, I'm going to fucking 
devote myself to the company. I'm going to show them that I'm here for the company and, uh, you know, go to the happy hours and do everything. And uh, actually made friends, met some really cool people because there's, you know, there's a lot of very smart people. Uh, so it's, it's, it's cool. Now that I got this contract, now I'm full time. Now I have a specific schedule and that took away all this stress. And that's why I was able to say, to say, you know, to catch the PhD cake and say like, oh, I could take time for this now. Because now I could say like Tuesdays and Wednesdays from uh, 9 in the morning to 3 p.m. This is going to be study time. And that's when I gave myself like, all right, you, you need like one of those crazy um, deadlines. Because if I don't have a deadline, I'm not going to do it. So, all right, end of September, write a chapter. Maybe I won't make it. But at least if I get the draft, you know, that old Woody Allen quote, 60% of success is just showing up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's, that's motivation. Not, that's grad school, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's inspiring. <laughs> really, a lot of his movies are shit. Like it's 60% of his movies probably, but, you know, he just puts them out, puts them out. <laughs> oh, man. So that's, oh, that's what's going on in a nutshell. Yeah, that's 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 good, man. I mean, you got you see, you always have things, you know. You always have. That's what I like about you, man. You have Plan B and Plan C. Oh, Plan Z, man! (laughs) You would not believe. You would not like. I have a plan for a board game, a plan for a novelty book. Like I have all these like extra things in the bag, like to make some quick money if things get really bad. (laughs) You're like, uh, you're like. uh, like the, the Larry Kramer, man, like the book about coffee, a coffee, exactly. a book about coffee tables. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. I'm pretty dude, sure that, that, that I'm like the Kramer of the building. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's fucking cool. Yeah. But I mean, I that's like that, just, man. That that's just you always pursue of... what you like, man. That You follow, you follow that, you know? And you yeah, know, that's I, been the I, lesson, the lesson lately, uh, there's too many things that I like, and it's always a source. Oh, yeah, because I was trying to learn to play the trumpet, too. I always complain about that. Uh, oh, man. You want to get into jazz now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew so, it. I knew it. I knew it. So there's always like there's always a source of, of stress because there's so many things that I want to do and I don't do. But Elise is really good at talking to me about that. And it's like, eh, you know, just enjoy the fact that you like all these things. You're not going to be able to do all of these things, so pick one. So what I do yeah. is like I'm I'm finally understanding how I work, and I'm understanding like these, like I wish I would have known this before. Now I know if my children end up having this type of behavior, I'll know how to channel it. <laughs> yeah, um, of that I go by obsessions, and what I need to do is like when the obsession comes in, just just run behind it, just go 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 go, and when it goes away, uh, let it go because forcing it doesn't work, and just pick up the next cake, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then just just keep going like that because then uh, things things work the way. But you know, just being being happy doing the thing because yeah. like you know that when you finish that story, when you, <laughs> when you sit down, when you sit down, and like one of those things comes out that that did not exist before. You know, there's something that did not exist before, and it's like you took this little piece of smoke from inside your body, and now it exists. And now people in the world can see it and react to it. And then somebody's talking about it on a podcast and then other people are going to hear it. Like that is insane. And that, that feeling of crazy. satisfaction when you create something beautiful. <laughs> bah, those, are, those are the I like things. I like your cake metaphor, man. I'm going <laughs> to follow that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. 
Yeah, because I mean, it's, you just gotta know. I think that's a really cool thing about you. You know, you know when to pull the plug. You know, and uh, sometimes we're like, oh man, I don't know. You know, I'm, I already uh, made a compromise. You know, I I feel I always feel that I'm subject to contracts. You know, and I'm always rushing. You know, like my to live my life as fast as possible. You know, like I feel like I'm all this. I'm like this super old young guy. You know. Like, yeah, I gotta do this thing, you yeah. know. And I think when you, I think you and Aviva said, "Dude, why are you, why, why are you married already? Why are you, you know, like, you know, why are you, you know?" And it's always this idea, you know, that something's gonna happen, and I have to be ready. And it's like I'm always paranoid, but you know, I'm letting, I'm slowly letting go of that. You know, it's like I say, I think it's the, is actually feel that reaching that level of maturity you know that understanding that dude it's your process do what you want it ultimately try to think that you know you have to enjoy what you do if you don't enjoy it then it doesn't make any sense you know because i'm i'm very like super dedicated you know and i'm like oh man i'm gonna do this and this and i have to finish it you know i always have to finish it but at the same time i was like man i forget you know sometimes i neglect what i do you know, what i like to do you know like I wish I had more time to write a little, like a, a, another, a little story, you know, write something here and there, watch more movies. Like I, I really, I remember like we used to talk and, and I, I used to like how you guys are always talking about film and, and I'm like, man, I haven't even seen that movie, you know? And so I really took it upon myself to just watch something like, dude, I'm so into Kubrick now, man. I'm like obsessed with that guy. And I'm like, whoa, this guy's a genius, you know? And I'm, I really got into it, and it's actually helped me understand other things, you know? Like, I'm so, I'm very old school, you know? Like, I, I truly believe that, you know, the arts help you understand, you know? They do, it's an examination, it's a question. Yeah, know? there's something about whenever you have something in your head that's, the, like, when you get stuck, if you go... Turn off your brain. Go watch something beautiful. Go go to, go to a concert. Something somewhere in the middle of it, like your brain goes like, ah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. think it's about contact with watching other things. That, like when you watch something that's beautifully made. I, I I don't know, but yeah, I can imagine watching Kubrick can definitely create connections. Yeah, that guy was, you know, is the master, and and I'm and and I'm like, you know, I'm like, dude, I I really want to do. You know, like, you know, like, I remember, like, oh, yeah, hey, oh, shit, you want to go get a beer? And I'm like, no, I have to work. And I'm like, no, you have to get it. You were like, oh, man. And you gave me this look, like, man, you're going to regret it later. And I do, you know? And well, like, no, I mean, I mean, come on. You're you're almost done with the PhD, and I'm, nah, no. <laughs> you didn't do it. <laughs> it's all right. We each, we each did our thing, but I, I mean, I... I'd be lying if I said, like, I stand by my decision 100%. I wish I was fucking done with the PhD. Uh, it just so <laughs> happens that on my detour, I ended up with this, like, lucked out with this great life. Uh, yeah. But I'm still, there's that trauma of the PhD thing. So, so <laughs> no, man, you you did your thing. You're doing it right. You opened up this field uh, that, was, that was not there. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that, man. You know, like bringing that to UCSB, you know, that I think that gave me a lot of joy, you know, and that was like, man, you know, it's like, and it, and it, but that brought more work, you know, and, and I do enjoy it, you know, I do like 
I do like this feeling of like, oh, I have something to do tomorrow, something kind of big, or maybe it's just, or writing an important email, something, you know, something that, you know, okay, I, the, the things are coming along, you know, like you're, you're putting your, your web, you know, your, your, your tying knots, but then it's like, oh man, I wish I had a week off, you know, like, like actually getting back from Boston, you know, and, and before leaving to Boston, I get the email from the MLA, you know, that we're going to be like, we, we got accepted. Like my panel got, and I'm like, oh, holy shit. Now I have to write that paper. Now I have to get everyone on board. And it's good, you know. It's like, you know, who would have thought, you know, that, man, you know, like I'm taking my topic to places that, you know, they, they don't even know that some of the, some of the things exist. And that gives me like a lot of joy, you know, and I'm like, and I'm speaking, you know, and, and, and I'm passionate about it. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I really want to take a break and I really just want to finish and like, just be, just don't do, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I want to like, seriously, like it, I don't go to the movies, like to the actual theater. Like I don't, I haven't gone in like, uh, the last time I, t I took Cosito to see, uh, to see Pokemon. But before that, it was like the last Batman, man. How long has that been? Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. Like three years? Like, like Michael three Keaton? Years? Or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I swear, it was the last time. <laughs> no, wait. Wait, wait. So the last time I went to the theater, it was, uh, yeah, before that, before I went to that, uh, it was when... Lupita was pregnant with Osito. So imagine I'm always like, it takes me like three or four years to go back. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, actually, you know, every, every time I see my brother, you know, my brother is big into film. He, he really enjoys it. You know, he's like, oh, dude, let's go. So anytime I, I'm with him, you know, whenever I go back home, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to, you know, forget the emails, forget the books. I'm going to go to the, you know, and I'm always saying that and I wish I could really do it, but. For now, for now, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't, I really got, I really have to finish it. So like for the next month, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm always active on social media and stuff, but I'm, I'm really going to disconnect, man. I'm, and I'm really like going to be like this. I'm going to, I'm going to be secluded, man. I'm, I really have to finish it. And I, I, and I wanted, I, speaking of social media, man, why are you so mysterious, man? You got to get out there and show us your photograph, you know, like your photography and because that yeah. cake is in the air right now, I couldn't. Well, uh, whatever you have, man. I know you. I know you took really cool pictures of us in Barcelona, man, and you haven't even. I have. <laughs> I said, I. All right, I'll. I, I'll use that for the. I'll use that picture <laughs> in the hotel for your episode. Yeah, um, dude, remember? No, that? I think I posted the like. I I did this one like free website. Yeah, I remember you showed me. You showed me the one, and I I love the one when you took the picture of the pond, and there's a dead fish. And I fucking yeah. love that picture, man. That shit speaks volumes, you know. And and I so was I like, put, I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, developed in a while. I've been taking. I mean, the last role I developed was when Notre Dame burnt, burnt down. Oh shit! Yeah. Because I I ran over. That was a productive day. <laughs> I, I <did> the <laughs> the, the, that thing was a blessing, man. Like I was, I was. <laughs> I was sitting down in the couch, just fucking wasting my day on Facebook, and then somebody posted some shit about like the thing being on fire, yeah. and I just like I 
picked up my camera and I ran over there, took yeah. some pictures. While I was over there, a phrase came to my head. And in that phrase, I said, I, I need to go home and write. I need to go home and write. Came home, dropped off the camera, went down to the bar next door, got a beer and started writing. Three beers later, this little nice, nice nugget of thing came out. It was like, it's just fucking good. You know, like when I finished there, it's a fucking great Dude. day. Dude, I gotta see that. I gotta, that, you see that? Those are the perfect moments. It's so, that's impulse, man. You, you really, like when you work on impulse like that, it's like, you know, you, you really forget about everything else and you just write it. I want to see that picture and that piece, man. You got to send it to me. I really got to see that. I think I did see the picture. But then, I mean, I don't know. Freaking algorithms, they, the few things that you post or your, your, your videos and stuff like that, I, I, don't, I don't see them often. And, and, but when I do, you know, I'm like laughing, you know. You're fucking... I only post stupid <laughs> shit. I haven't posted anything serious. In yeah, but I think you, you really have to use your account. And or or put some things on the website that you have, man. And oh, I right. well, yeah, I haven't, the, I, I haven't even checked on the on the website. But I was like, oh, maybe he posted uh, nope. some new stuff, you know. And no, no, because I, I haven't had time because there's all that new stuff that I need to scan. Yeah. It's just a lot of time. It's just Seriously, a lot. You, you whenever gotta, like, you there's gonna be a moment where I'm gonna get obsessed again. And I'm gonna, and, and then that's it. It's gonna be photos for two months, and that's, and then there'll be like a burst. <laughs> yeah, you gotta stop being creepy on social media, man. Start talking, saying something. You know, you're, you're the biggest creep, man. You because you know you see everything, but you're not posting anything. You're like yeah. the biggest creep, man. I'm like, and I'm like fucking Pedro, you know, like. <laughs> I write a lot, but I delete it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i love this you know because it's like something happens and we have these conversations like via messenger you know and, and i know that's how you work man and you're very private and that's cool man you know i do and i do i do know how private you are and that's cool you know because it's your treasure I, I respect that it's what i you're very uh you keep to yourself you know that's pretty cool too uh but don't be a don't be a creep man Share, share your share your pictures man <laughs> when i when i get the next batch because i actually i have uh, some pictures well actually no i told them i wouldn't share them. i have some pictures with julio silva the the guy that, that did the book with cortaza like i went to his apartment and i took some pictures of him it's a pretty exciting day but i told him that i wouldn't use the pictures that it was just for me so so i, I could show you but i won't post them Okay, show me, man. Just send me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a yeah. fucking exciting day. I cried on the metro on the way back like a little bitch. Like, <gasps> <laughs> you know that excitement. You know, like, you, I imagine, it's like, so if you've been to Mexico City and, uh, you know, like, all this, the culmination of, of all this research, which is not just research, but personal pleasure, you yeah. know, and, and you get to see it, like, in, in, in the shape of a person, that that's a, that's a, those are beautiful moments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, man, for sure. I can see it. Probably, I, I hope someone took a picture of you crying <laughs> in the fucking metro. <laughs> that tallest fucking dude. Crying, it's okay. You know? I just came home from a painter's house. <laughs> oh man, that, no, I, no, seriously, man. You really, yeah, you got, you gotta send some stuff my way, you know. I do enjoy it. You have an eye, you know. You do have a you have an eye for, for for pictures, man. And but yeah, man. I think that I think that's the thing, you know. That 
you do a lot you have a lot of cakes like you say you know and but sometimes you gotta you gotta share a slice you know <laughs> yeah i want them all for me <laughs> <laughs> or so i could yeah. just smash them in somebody's face all right I, I got a name for this episode what is it avocado spread <laughs> <That's gonna> be... <laughs> i like it i like it <laughs> Yeah. All right. I like it. Just going to do the sign off. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Rich Chocolatey Goodness. Thank you, Osiris. Rich Chocolatey Goodness is produced by Benjamin Morse and Pedro Escobar. Special thank you to our guest, Osiris Gomez, who can be found on Twitter at Anibal Osiris. The forthcoming book he co-authored is titled Kaleidoscopio Verbal, Lenguas y Literaturas Originarias, published by Oro de la Noche. Music by Marco Moreno, with a little help from Pedro. You can find the fish photo, as well as other goodness from this episode, on Instagram and Facebook at Rich Chocolatey Goodness. Follow us to get all the rich chocolatey updates and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify for new episodes delivered to you every other Sunday. The next episode will be the finale of season one. And as always, we encourage any new feedback from our listeners. So please leave a comment and rating on iTunes. Season two will be richer and chocolatier thanks in part to our listeners' feedback. So we'd like to thank everyone for their help and continued interest. Mm-hmm.